Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time. Okay? I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Two little mice found in a bucket of cream. Now, you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Be water, my friend. Welcome to Unstrategic, the podcast about digital strategy. Hey guys, I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and today we're going to be talking to a technologist. Uh, you just buy a case, uh, and then you buy the motherboard and, and RAM and anything else that you need, you know, like a dedicated graphics card, something like that. I want to build my own computer. It's cheaper, um, and I can build it for exactly what I need. You're listening to Nikki Snow. She is a senior software programmer that's based out of Boston. She's talking about building her own computer. And I mean actually building her own computer with her own two hands. It's simpler than it seems. But you just have to make sure everything, you know, uh, fits together correctly physically. But also one component works with the other component. So, And then when you build your own, you don't have a operating system. So you have to install your operating system. So in today's interview, we're going to be talking about technology from a programmer's viewpoint. Now, I assure you, today's episode will not be super technical, but Nikki is going to be shedding some light on how she incorporates strategy into her everyday routine, how she communicates with project managers and project teams, and we're going to dive a little deeper into the mind of a technical strategist and software programmer. So I feel like as a programmer, uh, you use whatever tools you need. Uh, and just like you would use a hammer or a saw, you could use PHP or Python or Ruby or, you know. So I like to be language agnostic. So guys, I want to disclose some information. For complete transparency, Nikki Snow is my sister. She kindly agreed to be the guinea pig for my first podcast interview. Nikki is the person who taught me how to code. She is responsible for starting my tech career. So before we get into the bulk of her interview, I want to explore her career, her CV, and why she got into tech. Because it all started when we were kids. So when I was eight years old, mom and dad got a Tandy computer. Um, and I remember just playing around with it and starting to use BASIC. But I remember creating a program to navigate a spaceship in between the walls of a canyon. Uh, and it was totally randomized. And it was like not even, it wasn't graphics. Like the walls of the canyon were pipe characters. And then the spaceship was a carrot. I was just blown away that you could like type something into a computer and then see something come up that you've created. I mean, it's just amazing. And this is back like the internet wasn't around. So I just had these manuals. for the court today on our changing world. The court decided with the TV networks in a case that could have ended broadcasting as we know it. It ruled that an internet company violates copyright protections when it snares a broadcast signal off the air for free and then sells it to subscribers. You guys might remember this, but they're talking about a company called Aereo. Aereo was a technology company that allowed subscribers to view live television over the internet. 
Nikki was their second engineering hire. Yeah, Aereo was an over-the-air broad, over broadcast uh, kind of video distribution system where we would uh, we created these tiny, tiny antennas the size of about a, a dime, a quarter. Uh, we had an uh, array of them in uh, many big cities. Uh, we started off in New York, and what it did is it captured like CBS, NBC, and it transferred that through our online app that allowed you to view the channels on your iPad, uh, your phone, on a web browser. So, and we did a lot with video and then messaging between uh, hardware and software, uh, you know, the way to talk to the antennas. And so we had a whole dedicated hardware team and I worked on the UX side. And what would you say about your time there? I was the best, most wild, amazing ride of my professional career. And, and why is that? Because I worked with amazingly smart people that pushed me. Uh, you know, I was a, I was a good, good programmer before Aereo, but Aereo just like the caliber of people and to stay up to date, like we were always coding on our off time, bringing in new ideas, trying new things. Plus the tech we were working on, it was so new. Uh, it was just, it was so much fun. The court's decision is a devastating defeat for Aereo, an internet startup that uses tens of thousands of tiny antennas, no bigger than a dime, to record specific programs requested by customers on storage technology known as the cloud. So unfortunately, Aereo went out of business after four years because of the decision by the Supreme Court. But Nikki was there for the entire ride and she attributes Aereo to pushing her boundaries as a coder. Let's get back to the interview. When did you actually start coding and, and knew it was what you wanted to do as a profession? I started coding back in 97 when I was at college and I did a website just to keep mom up to date with what I was doing. Uh, and it wasn't until I was in Denver and I was becoming a graphic designer. That's what I was going to school for. I've always drawn and illustrated. Um, but we started to do a project um, that just had us doing more computer stuff. It was just Photoshop, which wasn't a lot, but we got to do, like create these functions inside Photoshop. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then uh, I started to get back to web work and WordPress. And, you know, I got hired as a designer uh, in 2006, worked the, as a designer for two or three years. And I just didn't like it because it was so subjective. You know, the client would say, oh, I don't like that color green. And you're like, well, what color green do you want? And it just drove me nuts. So I started to do more coding and that really just fell in like that. That was either, you know, one or two, black or white, yes or no. Um, and you could say, I need this. And there's a, there's a, like a road to get to there. So Nikki, I'm going to ask all my guests, but what is your definition of strategy? Uh, this is kind of plain, plain vanilla, but I would say it's just having a plan uh, to move forward and to mitigate any uh, extenuating circumstances. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, and where, where do you currently work now? Uh, I'm a senior software program for a small digital agency here in Boston called Liberty Concepts. And how would you say you currently use strategy in your day-to-day -day routine? Uh, so at work, it's, or in any coding really, it's just, uh, you know, you have to take 
the requirements of the project, whether it's a personal one or a client one or, or an internal one, and break that down into uh, actionable steps that you can take. Um, what I like to do is work from that big picture down into four-hour increments. Just four-hour increments. Yeah, because that's you know that's basically half a day. I don't like working an hourly. Uh, so whenever I give my estimation at work, uh, I think. People get a little upset, but I do it in half days because that allows me the time to get into the project, uh, you know, get some coding done because there's going to be interruptions. There's going to be, you know, uh, you're going to try a different tangent with, with the code. What do you mean by tangent? Well, you know, you're going to go down one road. You're like, oh, that doesn't really work. So you'll do a new, you'll check out a new branch and get and try something new and see if that works. Coding isn't, you know, A to to B, it's more like A to G to, to you know, Timbuktu and then back again. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, is there, before you guys start the project, is there kind of a big picture strategy, uh, I guess I would call stand up or meeting that you guys do? So the way things usually happen in, in almost any agency I've worked at is that the project managers meet with the clients to get the requirements of the project. And then that's when, you know, tech gets brought in and design gets brought in. Now, do you think tech should be brought in before that? For requirement gathering, I think sometimes tech people, and I'm totally guilty of this, get too down in the details too early with, you know, they say we want to have a membership system to manage affiliates or something. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, how are we going to use, you know, what are we going to use for authentication? Uh, when that's not needed at that point? Well, that, that's the way that your mind operates. And I guess mine operates that way as well. From I mean, I look at it from a sales point of view. You know, when you're engaged with a, a potential client and you're gathering those requirements, you know, and making your plan, do, I mean, do you really know if your plan is ever right? No, and I think that's part of being strategic is that you recognize that it's never going to be right. You're probably always going to be over budget unless it's something you've done a million times and can say, you know, yeah, it'll take me, you know, two weeks to do this. But I think, you know, software, there are so many unknown unknowns that you have to take that into account. What do you mean by unknown unknowns? Well, you know, you get into the project, the whole, get back to the authentication example and you think, oh, so now somebody wants to start doing a Twitter authentication to, you know, and so now you're dealing with OAuth and all this other crap. And then the client's like, uh, well, that works. And we have, you know, we want to do Facebook now. This wasn't part of the original plan, but you know, as a, as a developer, as anybody in the tech sphere, that the clients are going to want to change things when they see things. I mean, that's a whole iterative process. And I think just being aware of that from the get-go is a good plan. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So you've got kind of the big picture strategy with the project managers gathering the requirements. How are they communicating that to, to you guys, the programmers? We have a functional brief that is like a living document, kind of what's distilled out from uh, interactions with the client and their requirements and the discovery process. The functional brief is a listing of kind of technical requirements. You know, we want to have this section with this many pages. If we're talking about metrics, you know, we want to have this many visitors. What are the goals to get us there? Okay, so you guys have this functional requirements document that lists out not only the, the feature set of the website, but also the goals and the metrics that you'll use to, to meet those goals. 
is that something that's communicated in like super technical language or do you like user stories i love them personally i think you do yeah because so you know i think sometimes coding takes up too much time and that a lot of the issues that i come across when i'm actually in the weeds can be thought out beforehand if we all sit down you know we have a designer we have a ux person we have the tech project management and we just sit down and go through these user stories and say okay so you know visitor a comes to the website and then such and such and such and such happens that allows me as a uh, programmer to say okay when they click that button these are things that are going to happen is this the intended consequence or not you know and then the designer uh, she could say uh, well you know this doesn't fit in with the current color scheme whatever issues we have we can map that all out before any of us sit down and start coding because that's you know the coding is sometimes also the most expensive and I think also the it's the last line in a in a waterfall process you know what I mean yeah I know exactly what you mean I mean any agency I've worked with it's gone from requirements gathering to discovery design and, and then development is kind of the last the last uh, bucket but I am curious about the user stories because I feel like functional documents or project requirement documents take a while to write but I, but I wonder if user stories give you enough information to build the website. I mean, if we go back to the membership example, if we say, you know, this user needs to log on using their email and password, what about the decisions with reconfirming your password or, you know, setting up 2FA? Because then at that point, I can say, well, okay, so what are the password requirements? Do you want an 8 to 16? Do you want usernames? Ah, I got you. And then you revise. So it's, again, it's an iterative process. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that information, Nikki. So I think we're going to be wrapping up here pretty soon. But what do you wish you knew when starting out in the tech business? To be prepared to spend more time than you thought you ever would need to in order to be decent. But then maybe that's just me. It takes me longer to grok things, you know. Because I've come across some programmers who just want things to work out of the box. And just, you know, I just want to do this 9 to 5. That's it. I go home and I do something else. And I've never been that way. I've always wanted to know the internals of something. You know, JavaScript, the thing I'm writing right now in my personal time is totally vanilla JavaScript. I could have used React or I could have used jQuery, you know, to go really simple to do what I want to do. But I want to understand the language on a whole. And I find that's what's made me a good programmer. It's that if you know the basics, if you know the understanding, if you know logic, then the, the syntax of a language, that can all be learned quickly once you understand a basic language. So I, I, I guess if, if I knew it would take as much time as it has, I would still get into it. I mean, I still love what I do. Yeah, that's really awesome. But hey, you said that you were building something in JavaScript. Can you talk about that? Uh, it's a little program I called Findom. You said Findom? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's the very early stages of a financial freedom sort of calculator. Cool. But it's just a way to say, okay, so I have this much debt, I have this much assets, I have, um, you know, I want to retire in 10 years. What is that? Or I don't want not necessarily retire, just become financially free, where I'm not trading my time for money. And so I'm just working on the debt pay down in 
there's a lot of debt pay down calculators out there, especially written in JavaScript, but they don't take into variable or they don't take into account variable APRs. So mine takes that into effect and I'm just trying to, you know, it was a way for me to really get into the nuts and bolts of JavaScript. All right, so Findom, we're going to have to be on the lookout for that. And final words, what advice would you give to programmers who are just starting out in their tech career? Get away from the computer once in a while. Go out into the real world. I think, you know, a lot of solutions and problems um, don't need to be solved by tech. And I think we, we build software for real people. And even, you know, you and I are both really in this sphere. So, you know, it's not what the rest of the world is doing. The rest of the world is still, you know, there are still people who have a hard time understanding what email is. I think it's good to remove yourself from the screen or the square and try something new or get out behind that. Well, I think that's great advice. And hey, Nikki, thanks for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you here. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. All right. That was the interview with Nikki Snow. You can find her at NikkiSnow.com, so N-I-K-K-I-S-N-O-W. She's also on Twitter. Feel free to reach out to her if you have any questions relating to technology or technical strategy. And I'm going to be right back with the podcast wrap-up. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Nikki Snow. Um, for the wrap-up, I'm going to just quickly hit a couple of bullet points that we talked about during the interview. So, one, strategy in its most basic form is simply having a plan. But you need to remember that not all plans are right all of the time. In tech, there, there are so many unknown unknowns. So, when you create your plan, you need to understand that there's risk. So, factor that into the decision-making. Factor that into the budget and timeline. Two, clients are going to want to change things once they see things. It's the iterative process where you can work kind of from the big picture down to the nuts and bolts. Three, use functional requirement documents where you outline goals, metrics, and user stories to communicate feature sets to the project team. This will also make sure that the client is on the same page with what it is you're building. So for those of you who don't know, user stories are short, simple descriptions of a feature told from the perspective of the person who uses that feature so or, or uses that capability. It's usually like a website visitor or a customer that is unique to that particular system. And they, they typically follow a, a very simple formula. So it's, you know, a, as a user... I want to do something for this specific reason. Really, their purpose is to shift the focus from writing about the actual feature to, to discussing the actual feature, getting thoughts flowing, uh, brainstorming ideas going. Uh, and it's a way for the project team to really get on the same page when it comes to what, what it is we're actually building. And just so you guys know, user stories can be used at any kind of any varying levels of detail. You can do you know, long user stories, you can do short user stories. The longer ones are usually called epics. So when you have more than one feature set in a user story, 
those those turn into epics. And I can explain epics and what they are and how to write them in a, a different episode. All right. I'm Adam James Lamagna, the host of Unstrategic, the podcast about digital strategy. We will be back in two weeks to talk about creating proto-personas, which should be a really cool episode. Please rate us in the App Store. Visit us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud. Say hello. And as always, guys, thanks for joining us. Cheers. Thank you.